thinking of what? What's her name? From Full House. Oh, that is Becky. You're right. Yeah, it yeah. is Aunt Becky. Yeah, Becky. Who? Wait, who's, is it Aunt Becky and Roseanne too? Anymore? No, it's Jackie. That's Aunt Jackie. Yeah. Why are you screwing me up, man? Oh, no. oh sorry, I'm not. I haven't watched my '90s sitcoms in a while. <laughs> I saw Roseanne was on the Joe Rogan show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Rogan. I'm not alt right. I swear it. I swear. It. I just encourage some of these philosophies. <laughs> I think Jordan Peterson's a really smart guy. Um, Said Jamie, no one seriously up. ever. Pull it up, Jamie. Chimpanzees. Let's look, look at these chimps. Alright, this is Space Force. I'm Kyle. I'm a recognized figure at the local Taco Bell. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> you know, yeah. we know. Uh, I Court used to, One of Court's co-workers has a second job at the local Taco Bell. Does she know you? No, uh, one of the, I guess she does because it seems as though the entire staff knows me. It's like not once a week, but fairly regularly. I'll be like, "All right, I'm gonna eat Taco Bell. It's, I'm just gonna eat whatever I want today. I'm gonna eat Taco Bell." For some reason, I always want to eat Taco Bell, and I use the mobile app to order. And apparently, this is an ad for the Taco Bell mobile app. Well, I, it's just it seems like uh, no one else in this area must use the mobile app because I wanted to go pick up my food on Thursday. And I walked in, and they're like, are you Kyle? And I was like, yeah. And the counter lady was like, I told you, it's always him. And I started laughing. <laughs> so I think I'm the only person that uses the mobile app. So anytime they get an order, they just assume it's going to be. Oh, it's Kyle, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm pretty famous at Taco Bell, the local Taco Bell in Queen Creek, Arizona. You're going to give it too much information, I'm going to doxed. Uh, I'm Sean McDonald, not to be outdone. I am famous, locally famous, at the the Dunkin' Donuts by my house because we go there basically every day for coffee. Um, it probably would be cheaper to not do that. Uh, also, I feel a little weird that they know me. Yeah, that's kind of the thing with the Taco Bell situation. It's like, I, get, I mean, I'm still going to go there. I'll probably still use the mobile app, but for a second I was like, I don't want to be on their radar. There's another Taco Bell that's almost as close. You can just switch to that one. Nah, these are my friends. <laughs> Everybody yeah, knows it's, your it's name. It's a real cheer situation. Doom, yeah, but instead of like a like a local bar owned by a washed up professional baseball player, uh, it's like a mega corporation. Uh, 2018. Vo- I saw they were voted the number one Mexican restaurant. Oh no, yeah, I saw that too. That's real depressing. It makes sense for like the Midwest and the South and stuff. Like, yeah, because like what other chain restaurant is in Oklahoma? Yeah, like oh Mexican food. Yes, that um, might be a bad Oklahoma might be a bad example. Nebraska. Yeah, like North Dakota or Idaho or some shit. Like, you guys even got beans there? I don't know. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what kind of uh, food stuff you got. Don't, don't hit me up. He doesn't have a Twitter. Don't hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> oh. oh, for real though. No, no, wait, wait. I got a, I got some, I got some bookkeeping or uh, oh shit to do. Okay. So first movie we watched uh, was Death Proof, as you may remember, Death Proof Two to be Two, exact. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, we had talked about um, the maid. I can't remember the character's name now. Oh, I have it written down because I remember I did not like it. Yes. And we had talked about how, that we should write a letter to, to the actress. Yeah, about how terrible. Like, sorry you had to be in that movie. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you my version of the letter. If you approve, we'll send this bad boy off. All right. Uh, so I, her name is I, hopefully I spelled it right because it's spelled like Silvano but I don't, can't imagine it's pronounced that right so uh, you don't know us her name is uh, 
Rosaria. Yeah, that's right. Rosaria yeah, was just like, you mean like Rosaria? <laughs> yeah, Rosaria is not really a name. <laughs> There's um, the, the canned refried beans are uh, Rosarita, aren't they? Yeah, they're Rosarita beans. So maybe he just like saw the director saw it on the can and he's like, well, that's her name. <laughs> Rosarita. 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 Uh, so here, here's the, the letter. Um, you don't know us, and I'm very sorry if this letter is too forward. Uh, but my brother and I recently watched one of your movies, and we have a question. Was Michael Winner a real weirdo? Uh, as you can probably tell, we watched Death Proof 2, and afterwards, my brother made a comment, which may have been uh, a little on the nose, that it feels like we just watched an actress get exploited. Uh, so we did a little reading. And it turns out it took six days to film a rape scene. Um, now, I'd like to think that you spent that time in a bathrobe while some key grip dicked around with the lights. However, I've seen Death Proof 2, and given the state of the lighting, that's probably not the case. Uh, we are very sorry that you had to suffer for your, our entertainment, and if it's any consolation, you were terrific. Yeah, we weren't that entertained. I feel bad adding that part in. <laughs> I mean, that part, that section, really, honestly, that was not really entertained by that part of the movie. Oh, so, follow up with, like, um, I think, like, IMDB trivia facts concerning that, oh, she just got to chill in the bathroom or bathroom while they fixed all the lights and shit. Apparently not. Like, the IMDB trivia for that section is, like, no, the director caught cut. They'd throw, like, a sheet over her. And yeah, then, apparently the other actors would throw a sheet yeah, over her. Yeah, like, it, it didn't seem like they were really taking her uh, humanity into account at all. No. Like, I, and well, the, it was almost as though she was a prop. Well, the the, uh, the writer of the actual, the screenplay writer, right? He came out and said, like, he felt like those rape scenes were added just for Michael Winter to get his yeah, rocks off. I think yeah. we just made that comment in the, the yeah, pod. He just, yeah, he just thought he was a weirdo. And, uh, I think he was. Yeah. Real creep and a half. Speaking but, of creeps, what we watched was Night, Night of, of the, the creeps. creeps. And the creepiest guy in it is the main character. Oh, It's not so bad, really. If you look at the movie, it's it's Revenge of the Mer- Nerds minus rape yeah. plus zombies. Like, as far as creepy, uh, possessive weirdos in movies go, especially 1980s movies, this... Uh, oh yeah, you're right. This Chris is- Romero is like the is like the gold standard of of sweet, nice little boys. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's actually a fine, stellar example of a young man in an '80s movie. Right. Like no John Hughes movies have any like upstanding male figures in them. Oh my God! Hold on. Judd Nelson in the <laughs> Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he was like, "Shut up, Dad." Was that him? I think that was him. Well, it was either him or me and the rest of us. They both kind of had the same yeah, both relationship like, with their father, but a different... We don't really like our dads. Yeah, I can't believe they remade uh, Breakfast Club and put the Power Rangers in it. That was pretty wild. <laughs> so, it was a pretty good Power Rangers movie. I liked Elizabeth Banks in it. Like when she was just eating jewelry and shit. <laughs> for no reason. That was cool. As one does. Yeah, if you're Elizabeth Banks. So supposedly, I think that was um, definitely improvised. Is her just snatching jewelry out? Well, she's like, I think the scene where she goes into the jewelers and she's like checking them out is like scripted, but when she just like pops it in her mouth, that was just Elizabeth Banks. Because she's like, fuck yeah, let me get that Krispy Kreme money. I like to think Elizabeth Banks just sits around eating jewelry in her spare time. It looked like she swallowed it. Pretty good Panama. She's, got, she's used to it, that's why. Yeah, because she's rich. She thought they had called cut already. She's like, ah, jewels. 
It's like the modern day version of, uh, of uh, bathing in virgin blood, eating diamonds. Sorry. I'm sure Gwyneth Paltrow is big into eating diamonds. It does something for your mm-hmm. vagina. Yeah, when there's, there's that jewel you had to put in your vagina. That was, uh, it was a jade egg, right? Oh, was it a jade I think egg? It was a, I don't know if it was actually jade, but I believe they called it a jade mm-hmm. egg, right? Yeah, what was their name? Goop. What's the name of her? Goop, place? that's right. Her product line. Her I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow read the story of the eye and really took the wrong things away it's from like, her. Hmm, bull testicles, huh? Bull testicles in my vagina? You don't say. What does that do for me? Find out more on the story of the eye by George Bataille. Uh, so, Night of the Creeps came out in 1986, about a month after I was born. Mm-hmm. A good um, year, I guess. Yeah, because also Cobra. And Transformers the movie. That's true. And Return of the Living Dead came out in 86. Yeah. But it was We'll probably watch it eventually. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, it's got a 6.8 on IMDb, so I was like, yeah, I guess it is a cult classic. So the people probably went out of their way to watch it and review it on IMDb were like, yeah, I like this movie. Uh, Fred, Dur- Fred Decker wrote and directed it. He's also... Uh, his two other biggest credits are Monster Squad... Oh, which is something else I thought we should watch. I had it on my list, but we'll talk about that another right, time. Cool. And RoboCop 3, the best RoboCop. Ugh, the, okay. The PG-13 one. Ugh. That's the one with the uh, uh, like Asian RoboCop that also flies around at the end, right? Yeah. That is a great movie. And they kill, um, what's Murphy's partner's name? I don't remember. She dies like right in the beginning. So he's really good friends with Shane Black, too. So that's, they wrote Monster Squad together. Some other shit they do together. I don't know. Shane Black's kind of a dweeb. This isn't Shane Black's uh, pedophile friend, is it? No, but I was just about to bring up. Remember Shane Black put his um, pedophile friend in The Predator for some reason? And then he was like, oh, I just wasn't thinking. Oh, I think he actually helped write The Predator. Oh, who? This guy, Fred Decker. And I was looking at his credits. But, Does he got a story by credit? <laughs> oh no! Oh, it seems like a pretty legit dude. He wrote some movies. He only directed a few. I mean, good representation of what he wanted on the whole. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second because I want to talk about the uh, the aliens uh, to start oh, off the, with the Buichi aliens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Et crossed with buttholes. That's these aliens. They kind of remind me of uh, Station. Um, uh, station, and you're right. They, they have a station feel to them. Station. They throw some hair on them, and they are yeah, station. Yeah, because well, the stations I remember watching Bill and Ted as a kid. <laughs> they got butt, butt cheeks. <laughs> uh, the stations got butt cheeks. It's the same thing here. Like yeah, and, I don't know if they're yeah. going for like a creepy feel here or like a scary vibe. It's a little unsettling the way they move and their mm-hmm. butt cheeks, but at the well, same time they're cute little butt aliens. Yeah, their faces don't move at all, so they all just look like they're snarling probably. <laughs> Um, I think it would have this seen well, really what it is is that they constantly have to poop yeah that's why they don't we can't wear pants man we don't poop all the time hold it back Steve mm-hmm. um cheek aliens oh we forgot to talk about the vaporwave credits so the credits at the beginning of the movie are just not too much happens with them the word creeps is floating around but it's cool colors and I enjoyed it and it's ominous too mm-hmm. just kind of drones yeah. It's good. It's creepy. It's Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. <clears throat> yeah, I actually think that aliens would have benefited from being in black and white and maybe with, like, campier 
like yeah and stuff that like, actually would have worked i yeah, think so i think that was probably their intention originally when they designed the aliens i will say like the the when we get to the 1950s and it's black and white like the camera work and maybe it's just because it's black and white and mm-hmm. it's benefiting from that but the lighting it just seems so much better than the rest of the movie yeah so that's the problem i have with um a lot of movies in the 80s and the 90s and especially movies today is the lighting um, usually, no one seems to bother with like color temperature or trying anything different. Everything is just totally blown out and it looks like a TV show. Especially now, since everyone's shooting in digital and they're not even bothering with lighting. But um, this movie, it is a drastic shift when black and white, you can tell they're lighting from black and white. The cinematographer on it must have had a lot of experience filming in black and white because he knows I like that shit. But then once it's <laughs> Regular ass movie. Yeah, it's like, like a soap opera. Like, okay, okay. Here's some lights. Here's some human beings saying some lines. Cut in right away. You know it's 1950s because that soundtrack. Oh yeah, and then when they're on makeup point, let's put your head on my shoulder. Why is there always like a makeup point in uh, 1950s cinema? I don't know. Like, is that? Uh, a myth of like small town America or something because I can't recall any like oh yeah we're going out to the point to fill up our girlfriends I don't remember that ever existing in my I feel life. like it's probably a very specific thing to like Los Angeles County or something and like all these guys that grew up to write movies have the, the point in their head still yeah oh yeah we're going to go up to the cliffside you can see all the smog you can well back, not back then we're still I mean 86 you definitely could see smog but mm-hmm. in 1950 you're still 10-15 years away from that man you're still <laughs> living the high life all it is is just corruption LAPD oldest gang in town free OJ <laughs> um, there's a lot to unpack there yeah <laughs> cause I think he's already free <laughs> but um, I know I saw him on uh, who was America <laughs> <laughs> Who is America? God damn. Uh, yeah, so it's the 50s, um, and it's really the 50s. Everyone's dressed hell of the 50s. It's black and white. The music is totally the 50s. Cars are from the 50s. Basically, really good set design. This nerdy guy in a cardigan is like listening to Rockabilly in a cool car, but he just looks like a dweeb when he comes to come pick up a beautiful blonde lady. Who isn't dating a guy because he's a cop, which seems like a pretty legit job, especially back in 1959. <laughs> Was that why she's not dating him, though? They don't make that connection. Oh, yeah, because um, <clears throat> when they cut... Also, her name is Pam. Oh, Pam. Because I, I, she's the <clears throat> brightest star in the sky, Pam. That's what that man should have said when they're at Wake Me. Look out point. Well, no, uh, so when they cut... Um, when he pulls up and then they cut to inside like the house that she lives in, the other lady's on the phone mm-hmm. talking to someone else, but she's like, oh, yeah, I know she broke up with him because he's just a cop. What kind of future is that? <laughs> and it's like, I didn't catch that part. <laughs> he's a cop, though. I mean, those guys suck, but I think they get paid pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent job. You don't know what this schmo in his fucking Letterman jacket's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> My dad owns a dealership. <laughs> oh, well, maybe then. <laughs> I'm working the dealership. <laughs> I mean, they're at makeup point, and they, you know, it's Pam and her, her new, uh, you know, flat top boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, who's not a cop. Um, <laughs> not a cop. Not a cop. Not a cop. Not a cop. Uh, and she's literally, what's the brightest star in the sky? I don't know his name. We're gonna go with Johnny. I think it's Johnny because everybody's Johnny in the fifties. 
What's the brightest star in the sky, Johnny? What's the brightest star in the sky, Johnny? What's the brightest star in the sky, Johnny? Uh, what is it? There's some Asia? <laughs> it's Pam. <laughs> Pam? It's Pam. <clears throat> oh. Man. She's oh, right next to him. Pam, you're the brightest star in the sky. And then, of course, you know, we get the little uh, story bit of, uh, there's an escape mental patient, mm-hmm. which is like another 1950s... Yeah, uh, you, know, you just casually hear it over the radio. Trope, right? Yeah. And it sounds like a guy from the 50s. Newsflash! Listen here, folks. <laughs> Man, escape from mental institution. Six slain with axe. He's got an axe. He's crazy. Yo, look out, fellas. <laughs> get your girls inside. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get the cop coming up now. Her uh, ex-boyfriend, yep. the cop. Just, just come on, just move it along. Don't just be here. Come, come on, go don't make me see it. Just go home, Pam. And then uh, Johnny, I guess he goes. You know that cop? <laughs> He's like so upset about it. <laughs> you know that cop? You know that cop? Wow, you square. I can't go out with no square <laughs> like this. You know the cops, you loser. Uh, so they see. Um, that spaceship crash. spaceship crash. Yeah. Johnny's like, let's go check that shit out. As those scenes were happening, I was like, well, if I was in that situation, would I go check it out? I was like, I'd definitely be kind of intrigued, but I don't know if I'd actually be like, yeah, let's go see what that fireball was. <laughs> let's go check in the woods for that fireball. I got a flashlight. I'll be okay. I mean, I've seen too many movies at this point to go check it out. That's someone else's problem. That's how you catch the creeps. Yeah, but in real life, um, no one's ever been killed by like ghosts or. As far as you know, say. because you've you've never followed a mysterious fireball into the woods. Um, I have an idea for a TV show that's like Ghost Hunters, but instead of being like friendly and trying to be all spiritualist and spooky with the ghosts, <laughs> you just go into like their house and get drunk and like damage the building and just yell shit at them and try to antagonize them. And the name of the show is going to be The First Man to be Killed by Ghosts. <laughs> Something will be pretty good. That's a clever name, which you know, mean sci-fi or you know TLC, whoever picks up the show would change it to like, you know, Ghost Pricks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> ghost Fondlers. <laughs> ghost Yellers. Oh, we're out there growing yellow growth. Ghosts. Two hour special of Ghost Fondlers. They're heading up to Tombstone, Arizona. And they're going to yell at Doc Holliday. <laughs> Hey, you fucking nerd. You doctor. Yeah, a lunger. Damn lunger. <laughs> you book reading. What are you, some sort of dentist? Yeah, <laughs> that'll show them. They go, they go out to the woods looking for that fireball, and Johnny gets out of the car. And she's, he's like, Pam, stay here. I'm going to go look in the woods. And she's just sitting there the entire time going, listen Johnny. Listen to the radio. Listen like, to the radio. Johnny. She, she's like, his last scene several miles short of the college on Route 66. Yeah, yeah, Carmen. The it's like, Route 66, Carmen University. Yeah. Whoa, that's where I'm at. See, so like, and then she's, Johnny, Johnny you can fondle my breasts if you come yeah. back. Please. Come on, Johnny, second base. Calling to you. <laughs> I thought, like, my line, like, you're the brightest star in the sky, Pam, that's a that's like a second base that's move. That's a second base move, yeah. Right? But Johnny is like, no, you go find, He's like, yeah, you scare right. him into second base. Yeah, right, I'm about to get to home plate with these booty cheek aliens. <laughs> and so, of course, you know what's happening is the you know, escape mental patient is going to ask her a question. He's slowly coming up on her. Hey, let me ask you something. Oh, I can't believe my luck. <laughs> oh. Pretty young blood. My favorite victim. Bing Crosby. Was my wife blonde? She was my favorite victim. And my children. Get the bat. Ichabod. Ask you a question. 
Yeah, so she does get pretty chopped up. And also, um, a slug gets inside. Johnny boy. Johnny boy. And that's it for the 50s. See you later. 50s, 50s over. 80s are now. Yep. And man, is it so waspy at this college. Oh, man, yeah. There's, I don't know. There's not a, a black or brown person for miles. I don't even see an Asian. No, there's uh, the um, our main... Just the janitor. Female protagonist, uh, Cynthia Cronenberg. If you notice, the, most of the characters have horror director last names. Yeah, well, the main guy is Chris Romero. Uh-huh, and <laughs> Which is a zombie movie. There has to be a Romero reference somewhere. Yeah, and uh, his friend JC is... Uh, Jesus Christ allegory? No, John Carpenter. <laughs> um, Toby or something like that. Hooper, John Carpenter Hooper. It's because he's named after Toby Hooper and John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, so we see all these wasps hanging out. And we're introduced to our two main characters who... Uh, I guess they're supposed to be like nerds or outcasts. It's hard to tell because um. I mean, JC is definitely a little on the nerd side. Yeah, I just don't remember what um, what was cool clothes in the eighties, aside from like uh, Henry Rollins and shit. I don't know if that was cool per se. <laughs> <laughs> I always like it when it's a little subversive. So uh, to me, everyone in this movie is dressed really poorly. They all have um, kind of dumb feathered hair. Aside from them clearly being, in real life, three to four years younger than the rest of the cast, they just seem, you know, like some other wasps. I, I just... It's 1986, and a guy with a cool bike can get laid all summer long. I actually watched um, all of that OVA series. <laughs> Did you really? Make his own 23. And, you uh, mean The Matrix? Japanese <laughs> The Matrix? I mean, it came out way before The Matrix. Well, so did Dark City. Yeah, so take that, Wachowski sisters. Um, yeah, so we see the wasp and um, um, lead character man, uh, Chris Romero. Chris Romero. Chris Romero. He's like, who's that? And he's like, that goddess, that beautiful girl. And they cut to a group of about five girls, and they all have similar haircuts, similar outfits, similar faces. Similar faces <laughs> and you're like, I don't know which one he's talking about. Which one of those six girls are you talking which about? Which one of those six girls Six has... nearly identical girls. <laughs> one of them's got acting training, and we're about to find out. <laughs> Not a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of bad, bad line delivery in this movie. Yeah, no, especially from her. <laughs> her and uh, Chris. Yeah, Cynthia and Chris. JC's pretty good, though. Yeah, he's uh, one of the highlights, him and the detective. Well, obviously, Tim Atkins. Yeah, he's a hero. And then, um, oh, she goes into the beta house. <laughs> I just like there's a line where Chris is like, oh, they're ha- my grandparents are having more sex than us. Which, if you guys look at STD statistics, is true of a lot of grandparents. Yeah, everyone's grandparents are in there smashing it out. You don't have anything else to do all day. You're you tired. Just, you drink and you screw. I'm ready to retire. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, then she goes into the beta house with some frat, and JC goes, oh, that bitch. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> there's a, I mean, I feel like there's a lot you can unpack with the the beta house being the uh, the top house, the top uh, house, the, the alpha. Yeah, there's a lot you can unpack about um, internet culture in general in this movie. Um, yeah, or just uh, why people still talk about betas and alphas like that shit's real. Get off of it. Come on, internet, give it up. I mean, it's not even how wolf hierarchy works. Nope, and it's certainly not how humans operate. Just get off the internet. I'm fuck you up because I'm a real alpha. <laughs> um. Oh, and then there's a sign inside their frat that says "Betas are better," hmm. and it's really bland. 
It's really bland sign. Yeah, well, you know. And there's... It's not beta's the best, or... They're just better. It's beta's are better, and it's blue with white text, and they didn't spend too much money on it. Well, they didn't spend a lot of money on this movie, period. Five million dollars, which was actually That's crazy for, for 1986. Yep. And guess what? It's a big flop. <laughs> Got him. Uh, then they share one beer. He gets one bottle of beer, two Pepsi cups, because thank you, Pepsi. And he splits that one beer between the two Pepsi cups, and he says, She'll just have a wild night <laughs> with this half a beer. I feel like you can start to see like everybody's warped sense of college begin in these these 80s movies. Like Everybody's mm-hmm. at a frat house, and some for some high reason there's like a bar... At the frat house. Well, yeah. I also, I think 86 was still... Um, wasn't that common for most people to be going to college. No, still. it wasn't. So it was still just a fantasy. Rich people fantasy. And that's probably why they all look like wasps. Damn, rich folk. Um, yeah, so it's sponsored by Pepsi. Everyone's got Pepsi cups, which I've never seen at a party before. But I've never had a party sponsored by Pepsi. Not yet, anyways. Can you have Pepsi? <laughs> That's what we're angling for, is that Pepsi's on the show. Mm, that sweet Pepsi money. Mm. Mm, not Coca-Cola. Too overrated. I just want Crystal Pepsi. Pepsi um, Crystal. We find out her name is Cynthia Cronenberg. Because um, JC like hustles that idiot. Yeah, the... The unibrow man, who's a football player, I guess. Mm. I don't know, he's, he's a stereotypical 80s jock guy. Got a unibrow. Like you said, they try to make him seem like he's a big tough guy, but he looks like he's still really skinny. Yeah, it looks like he kind of like he stopped working out a few months ago because uh-huh. of an injury or something. Yeah, and then like I said, it just seems to be he happens to be like five years older than JC, the actor. Mm-hmm. So it makes it like, oh, here's a man and here's a nerd. Yeah. Now he was actually college age kids and some fucking adults. <laughs> and you know, so JC kind of worms that information out, right? And then he uh, he goes back a uh, little to tell Chris mm-hmm. um, after he. After so what what happens is they he tricks the little the unibrow man unibrow man comes back then he goes back to tell Chris and then we get to see like eighties dick face central casting and we get to meet Brad Billy Idol Bradley fuckface the Bradster and the yes. rest of the way too old to be in college players like some of these motherfuckers better be like, studying to become doctors or engineers this or lawyers a, yeah well I mean they're studying to become Supreme Court justices <laughs> I have that joke later <laughs> after the car crash scene uh, I wrote down it's demon dog and the future Supreme Court justices yeah. oh no here comes Kavanaugh <laughs> oh no it's the Kavanaugh's <laughs> This movie, you do kind of get the sense, like, oh, I know I know what Kavanaugh's time in Yale was like. Yeah, because this would have been his era, right? Yeah. The early 80s, mid-80s. Mm-hmm. This is it, guys. This is a documentary now. But he looks kind of like Billy Idol. <clears throat> I also have written down, like, oh, shit, it's the American Nightmare, Cody Rose, and Bullet Club. Oh, and dun-dun-dun, the Bradster is Cynthia's boyfriend. Oh, shit, of course you knew kiss. that, yeah. Yeah, they do a little kiss. Mm, the Bradster. Just moments ago... When Chris found out about Cynthia, he was like, "Ah, oh, damn! I need to join a frat." That's what the girls <laughs> yeah, like JC's like, "You need to talk to her." And he's like, "No, like, yeah. I gotta join a frat." Get it together, JC. My question is, how is Chris's sense of reality so warped when he hasn't seen any of these '80s movies yet? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Animal House was seventy-eight. Yeah. Okay. That was not really. That's kind of about 
making a mockery of college, though. <laughs> what a mystery. <laughs> there, has, there had to have been something. It's like a chicken and eggs scenario. Was there a TV show on back then that was about college? <laughs> 21 Drum Street? Yeah. Oh, wait. No, that's not right. No, 210, the college years. <laughs> no one watching around 210 when they got to the college years? They were in high school for so long. Similar <laughs> casting to this movie. Yeah, everybody's about four or five years too old to yep. play the part they're mm-hmm. Especially for, Ian Ziering. Yeah, except for the main characters. Even they were too old, right? I think Jason Priestley was older than... Oh, I was talking about it in this movie. Oh, I was talking about 90210 again. No, everyone in 90210 is way too old. Like, Shannon Doherty was like 30 when they started, wasn't she? No, I think she was in her 20s. But Ian Ziering was almost 30. Mm. He stayed looking the same forever, though. Yeah, last time I saw him, he still looked like Ian Ziering. Yeah. Crow's feet. Good for you, man. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what your. Uh, you don't have a Twitter. Stop care. saying that. Let me see what your skincare game is. I, I believe it's Virgin Blood and Eating Diamonds, like one of Baltrow. Oh, that's for rich people, though. Well, I guess I just gotta get rich. That's the American dream. I'll get there eventually. It's not all stacked against me. Um, so they want to join the frat, and to do so, they gotta pull off the biggest prank of the year, which is having sex with a goat, according to Chris. Mm-hmm. But then, really. I guess, I don't, this, they're going to steal a corpse and leave it on someone's front line. I mean, I kind of clever, I guess. Maybe pose it in it's something really weird. really shocking. Maybe steal two corpses, right? And then pose them like a psychiatrist and a patient. Or sexual position. Yeah, mine's more fun. Yeah. Less creepy. But then we get to see them sneak into the secret university science facility which makes sense so because that is where a lot of research gets done is university campuses yeah it's all shit ton of like medical research although why they would store a frozen corpse that they found in the woods and are studying i don't obviously there's some stuff that's that we don't know but it seems like what how did we go from 1950 this guy they just find him in the woods next to pam who's been murdered by an axe and they, he ends up in a laboratory. Like, there's this shit we don't know. Mm-hmm. And the way he started in the laboratory with the security and all that, it seems as if they have some concept. Of, of what's going on, right? Yeah, so you would expect, like, military involvement. Or, I don't know. But I guess it's just a really, really sharp-ass science team at that university. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back one, like, one scene before this. Like, right after Brad finishes telling him their task... Like, they, they go back to the future Supreme Court players. Um, and they're like, Brad, we're not really going to let these nerds join the, the frat, are we, if they pull this off? <laughs> and Brad's just like, no, we are not. We're not going to do any of that. We're so not going to do that. We are the best. This is the way Brad keeps saying we. It reminds me of Venom. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man Venom. <laughs> we. Bradster. The Bradster is here. We know. <laughs> no. Like, he already know. has a slug in him or something. Yeah, the Bradster. American Nightmare Cody Rose. <laughs> JC makes a sweet uh, Walt Disney reference the minute they go into that, that lab and they see uh, oh, a the, frozen corpse. Icy Wiener. <laughs> Icy Wiener. <laughs> that whole lab is like a is like someone's nineteen idea of it's like the nineteen fifties idea of what a lab should look like. Yeah. It looks like, like a Star Trek set almost. <laughs> yeah, I know which I guess is seventies. But... There's just like a light panel <laughs> running red lights on it. It's like what does that do? What's that thing? Yeah. <laughs> what that smell like? So, JC's really good at pressing buttons. He enters zero, zero, and they get through the door, and then he somehow figures out the control panel to release. Zombie boy. Zombie boy. 
know the Magnetic Field song? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's who we meet right now. Oh, I guess his name's Johnny. I can't think of him in Magnetic Fields without thinking of the Papa's Rodeo. Mama's Rock and Roll Band. You mean one of the best songs of all time? That's right. It's worth thinking about. I see wieners free. And now I we get to meet the best actor and the best character in the film. Oh, man. I mean, honestly, Stranger Things fans, this is your proto Chief Hopper right here. Man. First of all, I forgot that character's name is Chief Hopper. Um, but he's all the candle is full like what? but I'm telling you the, look at I'm just saying that this is their this is their their archetype for Chief Hopper is is uh, our good detective here detective huh I guess I can see thrill it. me thrill me Bo- uh, Bozo the Clown I don't know I only watched uh, the first season of Stranger Things like one time through and then uh, never needed to revisit it so I guess I'm uh, he's playing Hellboy, right? That's who you're talking about? You oh, is he playing Hopper? Or is he playing Hellboy? I don't know if I'm not the new Hellboy. Oh. Yeah, I think that's the dude playing Hellboy. I don't know. He just seemed like a nerd like most of the cast in that show. Bunch of nerds. <laughs> I just think the character... By the end of this, it's been so long since Down of the Creeps, I didn't, ca- I didn't... When I saw Stranger Things, I didn't make the connection, but I totally did when I mm. saw it now. They had another Stranger Things reference somewhere on. Oh, no, no, it's a <laughs> Game of Thrones. And just going back to Brad, like, does George R. R. Martin ever comment on uh, seeing Night of the Creeps at any point? Because if you told me that Jeff- Jeffrey Brathing was based on the Bradster, I would believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, the Joffster. The Joffster. The Joffster's here. I'm off with their heads. Uh, let's smash a few beers, me bros. Uh, yeah, the greatest character ever shows up. It's a crime scene now. He's like, what the fuck? You said there's two bodies. Where are those two bodies? Hey, can't you dumbasses count? He's like, hey, do I need to play Pooh Patrol with your nightstick? And I was like, oh. Oh my god. <laughs> Throw me. <laughs> throw me. Oh, throw me. Throw me. Pooh Patrol. <laughs> you want to play Pooh Patrol again? Oh, throw me. <laughs> and then it says, uh, something to the effect of a 60-year-old dead body just doesn't get up and walk away. And then yeah. he's walking. Well... If you recall in Monster Squad, and we watch this, I guess we'll talk about it again. Um, someone says a similar thing about the mummy. It's like, how does an 80,000 year old mummy get up and start walking on its own? And then it cuts to the mummy's feet walking around. <laughs> so he just put that in two scripts and decided to use it in both movies. <laughs> nice. Who's to say whether or not it works? Not me. I wasn't upset about it. I was just kind of like, oh, oh, I see. It's like an abrupt tone change from uh, uh, the cryogenic chamber and the, and the cops to um, the zombie and his attack on the uh, sorority house. Oh, you Cindy? mean what I like to call boobs time part one? <laughs> yeah, boobs time part one. So that's where Well, I, it's, where nice. I, it's the <laughs> 80s movie. If you don't okay. get gratuitous yeah. tits at some point, well, you're not... So, yeah, we're about... 30 minutes in the movie now. We haven't seen a single titty. And we're, the next one comes right at the beginning yeah, of Act 3. Coming so. up, we're coming up. Uh, zombies free. It's nighttime. Coming up on the sorority house. Wonder what's going to happen. Wonder what's going to be going on in there. And guess what? Boobies. It's city City. Except for, I think, um, I don't know. No, it's just one set. Uh, this is the early movies. There's just one set of boobies. The, the, oh, yeah. But the good only, shot is later on. Yeah, the, there's more boobies later on. Yeah, I know. That's why this is... Are we? She, she totally did not 
need to expose her breasts in this scene. Yeah, she was turned she's, away from the camera. Specifically, took her bra off and then turned full on into the camera. Right. Because the director was probably like, you know what you got to do, get those big Hollywood dollars. So gross. I wonder if she was. I'm sure she was abused in some way. It's hard to watch any of these movies from the 80s and not be like, man, they probably treated her like shit. And then you know, you get a couple like fake scares. She looks out the window, nothing. but there's nothing there. She looks out another window, nothing there. But then... He is there. Walt Disney's there. He's I see what He's got a flower for He's got a flower for And then his, his face opens up. His cabeza Are we supposed up. to... It's like, is it, are these intentional vaginas or are these accidental vaginas? I think it's just uh, human beings always just create what they're familiar with. So that's why everything looks like dicks and vaginas all the time. I mean, there's a really great shot when they're zipping up his, the the body bag, and I'm like, holy shit. Vagina. <clears throat> I mean, probably the makeup effects guys were like, it's an axe wound. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, why can't I remember the detective's name? He's also got a horror person's name. It's um, Detective. Uh, Cameron, Detective Cameron. He's named after James Cameron. Uh, but it, he's staring out at the the mother's cottage, and you get some flashbacks, and you know the other cops like, "What are you looking at? What's that? It's the mother's mother's cottage. I buried a man there." <laughs> no, so uh, he uh, what it is is there's two kids behind them that are just hanging out cuddling for some reason or another in the middle of a police investigation. Yeah, but he's like, "What's that over there?" And the dude's like, "That's the dead mother's cottage." And they walk away angry. And it's like, why was that his like reaction? Square. Well, this is a cop. We already went over this. Cops are lame. Cops are lame. One time I was telling this cop, he gave me a ticket. It's pretty fucked up. And he's like, damn, this is too thrilling. And the other police officer's like, oh, you alright? You alright there, detective? He's alright. Because then we cut to the Bullet Club hassling our heroes. Uh, we did miss one little scene we, I want to talk about with JC and his philosophy on life, which, uh, which makes may, way too much sense. Oh, when they run back to their dorm. Yeah. Right? And he's like, oh, you, you just... You take everything too seriously. You're depressed all the time. You're lame. Mm-hmm. And he's right, cause uh, yeah, everything is a fucking joke. It's all absurd. Stop being bummed out. I guess there's not anything you can really do about it. But his speech was pretty good. Just don't take it so seriously. Can't take it too serious. You got to be like uh, Albert Camus. He was uh, real serious about how shitty everything was, but then he's also an absurdist. Uh, this is where Cynthia realizes that Bradster's kind of a dick. Yeah, it Shockingly, be. it took this long. <laughs> Kick the crutch out from any JC, which is just pretty despicable, if you ask me. Yeah, he had his the Bradster had his back turned to, to Chris, um, and which seems like a mistake to me. If I was Chris, I would have pushed him right over. Yeah, like um, hit him in the back of the head, you know, like his brainstem. Try to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> you went a little bit further than I would, but sure. <laughs> Try to get him. You kicked the crutch off or anything, my friend. I'm gonna end you. <laughs> Murder time. We're gonna wait for this. Uh, yeah. I guess that's a good way to make sure you're never fucked with again. Just kill someone. You if they know. take the, if they take it to two, you take it to eleven. I guess, but then you go to prison and you gotta kill again so that no one fucks with you. Then I, in solitary, might have to kill again. I mean, in solitary, you're probably okay by then. But the, the sad part there is only like an hour of daylight. Yeah, it's really bad for human beings. We should stop doing it to them. 
solitary confinement is very destructive to humans' mentality. <laughs> you think? Uh, I do, because humans like to hang out with other humans. <laughs> humans need the sunlight to live. Well, now they'll just get out with rickets. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but then after this startling confrontation, they go to walk off. The uh, We have the girl now. Yeah. But then, oh man, here's Detective Cameron. He's Way got a few cops questions again. for you boys. Got a few questions for Spanky and Alfalfa. Turns out they've been seen by our good buddy Mr. Minor. Mm-hmm. The only Asian in this entire movie. That's right. And he really loves Banshee jokes. <laughs> <laughs> <he just> banshees! <laughs> screaming like banshees. And he just is laughing about it for the next ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> I mean, he basically ends his life laughing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm screaming like banshees. And then he gets slugged in the brain. I, I'm not, I can't tell if this guy's like a racist stereotype or not. Because he only says one line, right? Banshees <laughs> line. I think he's just um, probably uh, not... I think he's like a native Japanese speaker. Right. It seems like just, that's just how he says it. But it is 1986. And I don't want to like hang my hat on it. It's saying it's a great representation of it. Japanese American. Well, when it's the only Asian dude in the entire movie. <laughs> I mean, they well, it's almost like I think the only only speaking. Oh no, no, the, the other detective is the black guy. Yeah, and he's got about two lines. Yeah, so there's there's two speaking roles for for uh, people, people of color. Oh, yeah, they did it. I guess. It was, way to go! It's 1986. <laughs> way to go, '86. WWF had a lot of representation in the '80s. But they were all racial stereotypes. What? The junkyard dog wasn't a racist <laughs> stereotype. Uh, it's funny to think about that. It's like, you know, they're getting work for everybody. Everyone seems to be having a good time, but it's all pretty offensive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, who what, it was like, what? The Fighting Samoans or. Yeah, the. Headhunters or someone that had to pretend they couldn't speak English? Uh huh. Or just like. Yokozuna. Oh, yeah, that's a real good one. Um, that's later, too. Yeah, what? Uh, any of the Russian characters. Nikolai Borkov. Ethnic stereotypes. They're all commies. Um, Iron Sheik. Um, you know, just anyone who was not white or in a specific white ethnicity that was outcasted a little bit, then uh, you're going to have a really stereotypical character. One man gang. Didn't he become like a African persona? Yes, yes, he did. He became. Uh, it was like he had a crazy name, like yeah, Hakeem, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> something wild, yeah. And he was like yeah. trying to like sit there doing a little big white guy. <laughs> he was always just kind of. Oh jeez. He was. Uh, remember um, Charlie Murphy in the Time Haters? Yeah, this is exactly the kind of movies like, like starts shaking and going <laughs> <laughs> that was great Hakeem Boogie Machine. Uh, and that? they've I clearly. I swear that's what it was. It's like Hakeem Boogie Machine. I'll look it up, but it's something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's great to see how far the WWF has come now that they're like hawking for uh, an oppressive regime in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And um, they still just have plenty of ethnic stereotypes in their roster anyway. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They're just a little bit more subtle with that. Yeah. Just a little, a little more subtle. A little subtle. bit. Like, hey, Roman Reigns is related to The Rock. Remember, everyone, Samoans are dangerous. <laughs> this guy's from Ireland. His name's Seamus. He's got Celtic power. <laughs> <laughs> 
perhaps the least threatening Irish person I've ever seen. He looks like a shark. He looks like the Great Pale Hope. I don't know. He's pretty big. I saw him on TV. He's pretty big. Uh, laughing about banshees. Uh, Chris gives up real quick in that interrogation. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's he's like we, nah, did it. we did it. <laughs> well, and you saw he ran out of there screaming like a banshee. Yeah, like a banshee. Oh yeah, he saw there's already a hole in the story. Like, obviously, <laughs> we didn't do it. This guy didn't see us. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm like, yeah, he gave up pretty easily. At the same time, he didn't do anything wrong. So well, he didn't do anything really wrong. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean shit. It's police. Like, all right, I didn't do anything wrong. It's 1986, he's a little waspy guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He's supposed to trust the police, what do you mean? Yeah, it's like, uh, I didn't do anything wrong, and the justice system always works for everyone, so I'm sure I have nothing to worry about in jail for 20 years for a crime you didn't commit. (laughs) You killed that corpse, we know it. (laughs) He wasn't dead in that tube. We'll get a confession out of you yet. Do you have any mentally challenged relatives or friends that we can speak with? Back to the sorority for a second, I believe. And um, there's a phone call for Cynthia. And she's like, thanks, cutie. And then it's the Bradster. And he says Bradster finally. That's why I included it in my notes. I mean, it's on his license plate. It's on. Yeah, but he didn't um, before say Bradster. I don't know that a person has ever looked more like a Brad than this guy. Mm-hmm. I like to think that he, he, he was birthed. His mom's like, we're going to call him Tim. And then mm-hmm. on the birth certificate, it just morphed to Brad. Yeah. <clears throat> Brad just manifested. Like, no. so the nurse is like, it's not working. I, every time I write Tim, it comes out Brad. <laughs> Get us another birth certificate. This is the third one. This is the third one. Um, what were you saying about the Bradster? Oh, so Bradster calls, and she's like, it's fucking over, Brad. You need to put on some weight, man. Why you got all that makeup on, bro? Um, Don't kink shame. Okay. <laughs> and then she she doesn't really break up with him, though. She's just like, I don't really want to talk to you right now, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes to find another man. Like, well yeah she's gonna make sure she's got this guy locked in before she breaks with the Bradster yep and honestly that's just smart uh, thinking it is just smart don't anyone try to turn this into some misogynistic bullshit cause men do it too <laughs> no they <Paris>. don't <laughs> a man has never done such a thing <laughs> men never do anything wrong I was out there every night working out with Tobin and his dad drinking beers beers I like beers. You like beers? You drink beers? I drink, I drink. You look like a beer lady. I drink two beers before you drink. We have a wild night. I drink my beer out of a Pepsi cup. Hell yeah, thank you, Pepsi. Um, yeah, so she, then she goes to find the heroes. They're going to take a walk. Um, she tells them how she saw the zombie guy. And they're like, man, this bitch is crazy. It's like, you know, studying will do that to you. It'll make you take drugs and be crazy. And then um, Chris realizes it's working in his favor, though, because the over, like, behind her, he's like, yeah, this bitch is crazy. She's emotionally troubled right now. She's really weak. I'm going to slide right in. Yeah, easy to manipulate right now. I'm doing this. Just a little light predatory behavior. No problem. I think this is the first time they also say Chris's last name, right? No, they say they might. The detective might say it when he's, like, when he's taking him in for questioning. Uh, they, hmm. This might be the first time they say it. The detective was calling him spanking an alfalfa. 
I like to think that the detective camera has never called anyone by their actual name. Nope, he just got pet names for everybody. All of them uh, from our gang slash the little rascals. <laughs> and it's Froggy right there. Porky. Oh, well, it was old buckwheat. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she does say, I think it was a zombie. And I was like, whoa, this is one of the movies where they say zombie in it. But only once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, that's always a complaint. It was like... They don't have acknowledge they're zombies. Yeah, fucking zombies. Everyone knows about zombies. They got that TV show on. It's called the... Uh... Running with the walking rainbow dead. It's called Nothing Happens 95% of the series. <laughs> We're going to spend eight episodes at a farm. We don't have a budget. Frank Darabont is gone. What can we do? Farm it up. Uh, how many other issues were there of this... They have like two. <laughs> we'll spend a season here. <laughs> that really was only like two issues. Yeah, I don't. The f- fucking Walking Dead is awful. Don't at me. Let them know, Walking Dead fans, or as I like. No, no, no they've all, it's always been like, the first season. It's pretty good, but after that, it's been. A, oh, no, I got like two episodes in the second season. I was, yeah, right, I was it's done. never been good. I like the very first episode, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, we'll see. But then, it's like the comic where. There's this great intro by Robert Kirkman to the first uh, graphic novel in the collection where he's like, yeah, I just wanted to make it real different from any zombie series where, you know, you just spend so much time with this character and see how they grow and evolve as the world changes and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, cool, I'm in for like a really unique experience. And then it's just... um, It's just like one zombie movie with all the zombie tropes after another. Well, it's immediately after reading his um, introduction that... 28 days later happens where he wakes up in the hospital and is like, oh, you really did it, man. <laughs> really mixing it up. Because <laughs> so he wanted to get past the boring part where they He's like, you know what? It was good 28 days later. You got to jump right into the action. A bunch. Um, JC goes to have a movement. <laughs> He's writing a message on the wall with um, the on the the, the, the toilet stall. It also says "Striper rules," and Striper was a really bad '80s band, I think, like a one of the like glam rock metal mm-hmm. pop shit bands. And here's here's a commotion, right? He's like, "What's with all the commotion? What's all this noise then?" Well, well and at first the uh, the Mr. Minor walks in. He's all zombified now. Oh yeah. So he's oh, bunches, oh, bunches, <laughs> and then his his head opens up, uh, as one does when they're pregnant with creeps. Yeah, with creeps. Yeah, warm slugs. Uh, and so, well, and here's like, all. <laughs> in the bathroom, they look like doos. Yeah, they do. Some doos just shot on man's head. <laughs> oh no! No, sir, the other end, the other <laughs> end, sir. He's a real dude. Oh man. god. And then he lights one of them on fire to create... Well, yeah, they're, like, screwing around. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna try to run one of these bitches on fire. You know how you stop a doo-doo. You light it on fire. That's exactly what it is. He's like, it stinks. You light a match, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's just try this at a grander scale. <laughs> just blow up all that gas. Yeah, blow up I, all these doo-doos. I've written here some flaming doo-doo. Because he burns that doo-doo. Um, and then, when, like, one crawls up his pant leg. And you think, oh, shit, it's gonna go for that butthole. Mm-hmm. But and so, so he can't get the mouth, then I'll just butthole it. Yeah, so he's he's doing his army crawl trying to get away, and one goes right from the mouth. So I mean They met in the middle. Yeah, it's like some double penetration shit mm-hmm. going on. Getting from both sides. It's very Japanese hentai. 
Um, then it cuts away though, so you're like, oh, did they get him? I don't know. What could happen next? And uh, what happens next is Cynthia's like, hey, I know we kind of just met and I have a boyfriend, but you want to go to homecoming? And Chris is like, eh, and you have a boyfriend? And she's like, Fuck Brad. <laughs> Brad's an asshole. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Like, yeah, we know Brad's an asshole. Everyone knows Brad's an asshole. Everyone has always known Brad is an asshole. You can look at Brad and see he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. His name should be Bradley Assface. Fuck that. Fuck Ooh. Brad. And then there's the detective. Like, oh. Classic spanky. This is a cra- classic R-gang situation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this episode. Uh, the one where <laughs> Spanky had to kill Darla's boyfriend. <laughs> That's yeah, right after Alfalfa just got a poop up his asshole. <laughs> and so they part ways and they're gonna go to homecoming. And Spanky, Chris Romero, gets picked up by Detective Cameron. Because the Cameron wants to take him drinking and needs to confess a murder to him. <laughs> yeah. it's like, hey, come have a few drinks with me. Um, Ari, fuck him lit. I'm gonna tell you how I killed someone. I'm gonna thrill you. <laughs> I'm gonna thrill you by reliving my past trauma in great detail. <laughs> Sit down, son. I'm gonna tell you about the the girl, my high school sweetheart, who was murdered, and how I hunted and killed the man who did it. Oh, your girlfriend broke up with you in high school. You fucking loser. Well, mine got murdered, and I murdered the shit out of that guy. Did it. Well, I mean, he, his girlfriend broke up with him in high school too. He was a fucking loser. Yeah, he's just a fucking loser that got revenge. Not on his girlfriend, on the man. Mm -hmm. Man, I killed his girlfriend. Tales all this time. Are you sure you should be telling me this? Close. (laughs) (laughs) Close. I no, with my shotgun. Well, you see, like, um, I guess at this point you can see that Detective Cameron's kind of, like, fucking done. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm just going to confess, get drunk, and see what happens. I don't know, at this point... Shortly later, he's about to commit suicide. Well, I mean, it seems like he knows that this that, that this dude's going to come back from the, the dead, to me, because he doesn't kill him, kill him, try to kill himself until after he blows this guy's head off a second oh, time. Yeah. That's a good point. And this whole point thing, he's talking to Chris, and Chris is like, is there a point to this? And, I mean, I guess that's, like, the well, yeah. question of the entire movie. <laughs> trying to find out. <laughs> but the detective's like, yeah, I'm trying to find out. So it seems like the detective, a little bit more on the up and up than everybody else in this movie. Well, he had the, <clears throat> his, the flashback at the beginning was actually, like, his prophetic dream, wasn't it? Didn't it? Yeah, she, he turned, the, 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 guy the murderer turns around and he's a zombie man. Yeah, and then when we see the... And, like, the, and that's even before he goes to the mortuary, or not mm-hmm. the mortuary, but the uh, cryogenic lab and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's like, I guess this, oh, he's fucking down in the business then. He knows he's got to do something, but what's it going to be? Step one was master plan, tell this young kid about murder. <laughs> Which, again, like, I don't understand why he feels the need to tell this kid. Maybe he just needs to get it off his chest. Yeah, I don't know, but that cuts directly into the dead mother sitting in her Little cottage being old, watching TV. Someone starts knocking. It's the telltale heart. It's knocking. <laughs> right underneath the floorboards. What's going on? Oh no. It's Axe Guy. He's like, let me ask you something. Speaking of Walking Dead, remember um, Shane's character? Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> What's that? John Bernthal, the actor? He's, yeah. Let me ask you something. 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 <clears throat> it cuts away, but I guess the axe guy probably does a murder. Yeah, what is it? Safe to assume. Yeah, I think he does a murder right there on the old lady. Oh, so then we're back to the crime scene. 
another crime scene rather. And the first thing is uh, one of the sheriff's deputies is like, "You had a dog, but it got free." And there's, I'm not sure exactly why it's relevant, but I was really hoping someone was like, "We gotta find that dog for questioning." <laughs> I gotta bring him in. Mm-hmm. The uh, I don't know what to call it. The scene where the detective Cameron's on the way to the dead mother's cottage. And he's like, where's my backup? And then like the two cop oh, cars yeah. peel out of nowhere. It's such a weird scene. I don't understand why yeah, it's I don't in know. They filmed it. They like pin him in and you're like, what's going on? Yeah, you, you make it think like they're like it's zombie cops or some yeah. shit. They're like, oh, here we are, boss. They're just like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> like, were they waiting for him? <laughs> Surprise. Gosh, here he comes. Let's go. Yeah, I forgot about that because it seemed completely unnecessary and didn't lead anywhere. <laughs> the uh, that that scene with with Chris, it's and he, the detective spilling his heart while he's drinking and he's talking about all those emotions that he feels. It's like well, it's straight up like Hemingway's idea of like the ideal man and like how manliness is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm a real man, but I got a heart and, and I bleed and I cry. That's right. That's a real man. It's but Hemingway. then, that's right. <laughs> I support. I'm down for it. Let's uh, let's masculinity. Um, my, my sexual orientation it's is Hemingway. Yeah, Hemingway. I identify as Hemingway. <laughs> I identify. Uh, well, if you believe uh, Kurt Vonnegut, then Hemingway might have swung a little bit both ways, right? I'm pretty pretty sure Vonnegut made a joke about Hemingway having um, a gay trust. Maybe. Or someone another writer did maybe might not have wanted to get maybe I'm attributing like, Vonnegut to surrounded by younger men. Remember when he like was like I'm gonna go fight in World War Two. Let's <laughs> bring this dog in. My orientation is Hemingway's gender politics. <laughs> but uh, luckily, two police officers in the cruiser cruising around. Yeah, so there's one cop that's really into looking around, and one cop that doesn't really. He's want like, let's go. He's saying, let's get out of here, man. My wife's got dinner. Like, it's cool. It's getting cold, man. We're not going to find shit. He's like, come just a little bit longer. I'm trying to, you know, I'm looking at... Like, I don't want to go home. <laughs> My in-laws are in town. Just a little bit longer. It's a right? tale of two cops. I'm making a whole yeah. other story with these two cops. This <laughs> is a mini movie that took place in the middle. And, um... They're like, alright, I guess nothing's out here. <laughs> it's just a tale of two cops. It's one cop that that really wants to go home and have dinner and the other cop does not want to go home at all he's trying to keep him out as long as possible come on we gotta find this axe guy come on there's an axe guy out here it's an axe dude and they do find the axe guy or he finds them is one way of looking at it well he's just kind of strolling down the street and the one cop stops real suddenly cause he's like oh it's like a fucking zombie and then the axe guy tries to give his partner an axe and but luckily, he speeds out of the way. And they radio in. Like, we got this guy cornered. Like, we got him, it's fucking Axe Zombie. He should have his own comic book series, Axe Zombie. And they do corner him, and it's just like his dream. Just like Detective Cameron's dream. I mean, sort of. There's no car. He's not <clears throat> murdering yeah, his he, girlfriend. They use the same puppet, <laughs> and turn the same way. That's true. And he's like, I've killed you once before. And all the other cops are like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He's killing people? We're allowed to kill people? Flash forward to 2018. (laughs) Now, they were allowed to do it in the 80s, too. It's just, you know, you didn't hear about it. We didn't hear about, you didn't really hear about them killing too much. It was more on the DL back then. Secret police. You know, people complained about it, but you didn't have the internet and cameras filming it all the time. So it was easier for uh, people to lie on TV about it. You know, you know pretend like it never happened. Or it was an isolated incident. Interesting. Which is what they still try to do today. 
No, it was just um. Which is a we're on a weird tangent. It's always they always have weed on them, and that makes them a criminal who deserves to die. Well, I mean, if you have even the smallest amount of marijuana in your mm-hmm. system, you should probably be shot in the face. Yeah. Or if oh, you've been arrested for shoplifting before. <laughs> shoplifting. Huh. Shoplifting. When you were 12, I see. You're You're no choir boy. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's not why the cop killed him, but that's why we shouldn't care that the cop killed him. Get it? Right? You get it? Makes sense, right? White people, do you get it? All right. (laughs) All right, let's get those votes. He's like, anyway, so that's like, I killed this guy before. And he so he kills him again. And then some more poop slugs run off. Um, Chris is in the scene too, right? He follows the cop. I feel like he's in the scene when he shoots the... I have to go. I'd have to go back and watch it now. No, I don't think so. He's uh, he went off to probably like you know masturbate and go to sleep because <laughs> he's had a big day. But we do see uh, real ladies' boobs again. This is where. Um, oh yeah, this is the tits part two because this yeah. is the, they're gearing up they're, for the. Yeah, uh, so they're getting the party bus ready. Saturday. <laughs> it's a montage with sorority formal. Yeah, with the doos running in the grass. There's um some white boys that are getting the party bus ready. <laughs> and then real 80s boobs uh, I have uh, more tits More brads <laughs> There was quite a few brads eh? And there was more tits than there was earlier So this is it guys This is, peak yeah, this is how you know you're going into the finals of the movie Yep This is peak 80s right here uh, And this is the part You get the car crash And this is where I wrote Demon Dog And the future Supreme Court Justice Just so you guys <laughs> <laughs> And Brad sees one of the dude monsters and the dog walks up and he's like, "Hey, did you see? It? Hey, dog, did you see that? You see that?" And as the dog's walking up, totally normal dog. And then there's a close up of the puppet monster dog that spits a, a slug into, but spits a doo into <laughs> Brad's mouth. But um, <clears throat> they could have like put some ketchup on that dog's face as it was walking up in that one scene, <laughs> just to make him look. Instead of just a regular dog and then a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dog. Now I'm going to talk to this dog. Hey, dog. You see that doodle monster? Oh, God. Dude, you see that dude? Um, we also get to see Chris in his dorm. He doesn't seem too concerned that JC's missing. Um, yeah, but it seem, he, well, he's gone around and he's like, hey, have you guys seen JC? He never came home last night. Yeah, that's about it, though. He seems some other dweebs. But then he got his tux ready. He straightens out his bow tie. And behind him, you get to see another amazing sign that they have up in their dorm that just says party you know there's only a few things in life that i can really support and get behind and one of them is party party <laughs> and but then he sees the tape recorder that jc left him and we get jc's uh pained exposition yeah dump. you get a pain his pained exposition dump he got outside dude came in <laughs> yeah. he got extra doo-doo yeah he was trying to offload some doo-doo <laughs> he walked out with more doo-doo than when he came in <laughs> called that the double up <laughs> does the tape recording does it like give him directions to where to find his body yeah sort of he's yeah. like I think fire kills him so I'm gonna go into the boiler room yeah. and if I don't make it back you know live a good life or something <laughs> and he's like I'm gonna go check out this body and then so Chris is like I gotta guess I go to JC's not back I'm gonna go check out the boiler room and he melted the slugs out of himself cause he's a hero yeah JC is the only one that does anything worthwhile in this movie Although it could be argued that he's the whole reason that the slugs escape in the first place. Yeah, but he was just trying to help his bro. Yeah, like he didn't want to join a fraternity. That's Chris's shit. Uh-uh. And also, speaking of them being bros, uh, there's like a 
prevalent fan theory about Night of the Creeps that JC is actually um, homosexual. He's like got a little crush on Chris and he doesn't sure how to handle his feelings and sort of stuff. I guess that's possible. I guess but... the, the main thing they cite is the argument they have in their dorm where the speech you were talking about earlier. Oh, when he's like, I love you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It seems like... I think there's people reading into it a little bit Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it, it feels... Like, why can't the two dudes just really like each other and not mm-hmm. have it be sexual? Like, yeah. I, you're, I love you, but I, I guess you're my brother, but yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I mean, I think it's fine either way. It's I just, just think not... people try to, like, you, you, don't, you don't, I mean, maybe, but you don't need to read into it that much. It's, that seems unimportant to the movie. Yeah, and they also, they're not, like, explicit about it or anything. It's not part of the plot. Yeah. So. Anytime two males show any sort of affection for each other, it's because they're sword fighting in the background. Man, some of those, like, old letters from back in the day between, like, historical figures and writers that are super-duper affectionate to each other, <laughs> I think some of those are just, like, I know that, oh, men spoke to each other much more effect- affectionately in the 1700s. Well, no, I'm pretty sure, like, Lord Byron was turning some of his friends out. Gross. <laughs> like, don't, don't talk that, that way. <laughs> don't talk that jive to me, historian. I don't know. There's some weird letters between like yeah, Alexander Hamilton, Marquis de Lafayette. And shit like yeah. <laughs> I think people are mixing it up a lot more back then than historians want to give them credit for. And a lot of times, it does seem pretty obvious. Not even that, because we're moving on from that right now. This is the last word we're going to talk about, JC. Yeah, alright. Bye, JC. It was later. nice knowing you. Um, we now get to cut back to the party bus and they're ready to go. And one of the guys yells, we're going to get done, dudes. Beta. This should be chanting betas the entire time. Betas. 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 No, they're just in there like. Right into a car crash. Beers. Beers. Beers and betas. Beers and betas. Doing cheers a bunch and like acting really sloppy, but not. Oh, it was a weird direction. But it was pretty funny doing all those cheers and the bus driver's like. Alright, knock it off with those beers. It's a bus of Tobins and Squeeze. Yeah. Bus driver's like, knock it off with those beers, Kavanaugh. He's like, I'm gonna have a bitch suck my dick. <laughs> I'm a maker. Uh, so Chris needs to go get the detective. Another exposition dump. This is what I learned from the previous exposition dump. Um, yeah, it's not that much, so it's most basically it's like, they killed Alfalfa. They eat your brain. Yeah, and you burn them. Um, and he's like, oh shit, let's go see Dick Miller and get a flamethrower. And he's like, alright, suicide canceled. And well, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, it feels like he was just waiting to shoot that guy again. He's yeah. like, yeah, I got to kill that motherfucker twice? I'm out. <laughs> suicide canceled for now. And yep, that's my next note too, is Dick Miller. Who, um, famous, I guess most people know him from Gremlins, Gremlins 2. I mean, he's kind of like a famous scene chewer, in my opinion. Yeah, he's in tons of horror movies, action movies. He's just, he's just Dick Miller. You know him when you see him? I actually had forgotten that he's in this movie. I saw him, I literally go, like, oh, Dick Miller! And Corey had no idea what I was talking about. Whoa, Dick Miller! Yep, and he's, uh, I guess, the requisitions officer. I believe that's what his position is. Right. For some reason, this uh, local city has a flamethrower. And... Yeah, and it's not even 2018. <laughs> right? I mean, definitely have a. I'm sure all local municipalities have flamethrowers for the cops and yeah. tanks and armor piercing bullets. Uh, but this is in 1986, before military hardware started creeping into the the police force so much. Yeah, this is before uh, the Patriot Act and Homeland Security. <laughs> so yeah, no one had tanks yet, but these guys had a flamethrower, old school one too. Mm-hmm. Like I guess it would be like 
Probably Vietnam. Vietnam era flamethrowers. Vietnam. Oh, Dick Miller here. Ah, jeez. I don't know about this one here. I'm just here to chew some scenes (laughs) off, man. I don't know what that means to be Dick Miller for a little bit. But he does give him the flamethrower after successfully being like one of the most exciting five minute periods. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the best acted scene in the entire movie is the interaction between Dick Miller and Tim Atkins. Yeah. And then we go back to the sorority, and nothing really great is happening here until the characters get there, but I just wanted to point out the uh, sorority sister they decided to focus on, who's just like, I'm so sure. Brad, I'm so sure. <laughs> Brad, I'm so sure. Oh, I'm uh, so Brad, sure. Brad, I can't even. Yeah. Can't even with you right now, Brad. <laughs> hey, do, why do white girls always walk in um, odd groups? Well, I don't know, Kyle. Why do white girls always walk in odd groups? Because they can't even. Because they can't even. Ha 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 ha. Oh, very funny. <laughs> Yo, get me on Comedy Central. Is that still a channel? Yeah, it's still a channel. I, that's definitely like a laugh mob, laugh tracks kind of joke. Oh, you can yeah. definitely laugh mob. What's that? It's uh, where they get some semi-decent stand-up comedians to tell some jokes, and then they have someone do like a, like a scene of that joke. If you remember the old Comedy Central thing where they they animated people's mm-hmm. uh, stand-up routines, it's basically the same thing, but live action. Oh, why? Mm. It's a brand new idea. They yeah. didn't take someone else's idea and then make it live action instead of the cartoon. Man, alright. Do people still hate Dan Harmon? I don't know. He seems to do... Doesn't he have, like, Harmon Quest and Harmon Town? They do all right. Yeah, Rick and Morty, I guess. Yeah, Rick and Morty. I don't know, I was just curious. Uh, I but, forget about Rick and Morty. Yeah, Brad, Brad shows up, and now that he's zombified, he looks like Spike from Buffy. Did you, like, yeah, he does got some Spike filter on. John Masterson? Yep. Martin Masterson? He looks like him, he looks like Spike. <clears throat> but, Who also kind of looked like Billy Idol. Oh, he looked a lot like Billy Idol. Was He wasn't actually British, though. No, I don't think he's... Is he he's blonde, American. too? Or is he died? Oh, I think they might have been going he, for a Billy Idol thing. Yeah, I don't know if he... He might have blonde <laughs> hair, but there's no that blonde. She cried, buffy, buffy, buffy. <laughs> In the midnight hour. It's a nice day for a... What, buffy? No. <laughs> Wait, they're remaking Buffy, right? I heard that. Like a new movie? I think a new TV show. They're remaking Sabrina. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I saw it. It's, like, it's based off of the more horror, serious comic than that. Yeah, like Riverdale? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, TV's such a joke. The only good part of Sabrina was uh, Salem the Cat. Yeah, you think he'll be in it, but he'll use bad words? He is, he's in it. Does he use bad words? Apparently, like the actress they got is allergic to cats, so he's not going to be in it a whole bunch, is what I read. Which seems like you need to recast them. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, so Bradster turns into a legend right here and just starts dispensing slugs like a pest dispenser. <laughs> he just opens up and just like blop, 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 And Chris runs up and says, Get away from that thing, he's dropping poops. And he melts the shit out of him. He's like, Die, Billy Idol, Spike, Cody Rhodes, um, I don't know, other white haired people. Dusty roads too. All the roads of professional wrestling fame. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that I was going to have to melt your ex-boyfriend to be with you. Like, man, this is way crazier than Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scott Pilgrim technically killed... Seven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not as gruesomely. 
Yeah, they, they like must have turned into coins. Yeah. Um, I watched this movie not too long ago. Hey, actually. speaking of Paul Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim, remember the... Um, oh, you can go back to your stupid tangent in a second, but okay. I have mine first. Okay. <laughs> uh, the uh, Scott Pilgrim video game that was like based yeah, off of Retro or River City Rampage. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Apparently, there's like a huge licensing problem with that. And like I, I think... Brian O'Malley, the guy that created Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. is trying to get the rights to the video game so they can re-release it. But I really want to play that game again. I was had a lot of fun playing it. Yeah, I like the side-scrolling beat-em-up yeah. games. Streets of Rage 2. Now go back to your stupid tangent. Um, oh, I watched this movie a few months ago with my friend Amanda. You don't have any friends. <clears throat> I have one friend. Her name is Amanda. <laughs> Everyone else is my enemy. Um, <clears throat> we watched it and uh, we got to this point where uh, Cynthia she gets the flamethrower and she's in like her homecoming dress and she's like damn that'd be a pretty good cosplay do you think anyone would know what it is and some people would I feel like the overlap between like film nerds and convention goers in general isn't the same as it used to be no it definitely isn't because now it's just it's like pop <clears throat> culture yeah because nerdy things have become more popular like you mm-hmm. don't it, you can't do as many obscure costumes and get away with it, I don't think. Yeah, but it, it is... It that is that would be a cool doll of a cosplay. Yeah. Or just Halloween. But yeah, you know, not too many people get it, I don't think. I will say, as far as, like, female <clears throat> protagonists go, she's... I mean, Cynthia's a reasonable one, for, especially for 1986. Oh, yeah. I think she... She's uh, not, like, a damsel in distress. Right, she doesn't not... flip out and scream, and she, you know, she flamethrows some zombies. She does some shit. She's ready to go down in that basement and kick some ass. Yeah, she freaks out as much as like anyone. Is else Is anybody would. reasonably sh- should after your like, boyfriend's oh. melted in front of you? But then she's just like, "Oh well, fuck it, let's burn this shit down." And she's like, "There's brains in the basement." The the one thing I don't get is like why they managed to corner themselves <laughs> in like the side alley and then in the tool shed. I don't know. Um, like I cause... feel like there's got to be some cuts. I know we watched the director's cut of Night of the Creeps, but still there's some things that were left on the cutting room oh, floor. Oh, so the director's cut is only three minute difference in the runtime, and all it is is um, the end part where Cameron comes out as, as oh. Bert Man. That's it. Yeah, just that little extra part of the ending is the only difference. What the fuck? I don't know. Are they just trying to double dip on Blu-rays? Yeah, they also marketed it as the unrated director's cut. Like, there'd be more violence and titties and shit. stuff. But what? Three minutes difference of runtime. I mean, first of all, it's an it's like a cult classic from the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. the only people who are going to buy this movie are the people that are already, already interested in movie, it. Yeah. You're not going to get a whole bunch of extra sales by trying to market this as the unrated director's cut from 1986 on Night of the Creeps. <laughs> Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. For Hall- just in time for Halloween. Night of the Creeps. <laughs> Everyone's favorite movie. <laughs> People don't even watch The Shining anymore, so fucking who's gonna watch Night of the Yeah, like, you know. Uh, when people are like, oh, I'm gonna watch a, ho- a horror movie for for Halloween, it's like Get Out or you know the yeah. the Nun. Mm-hmm. It's probably not even Get Out. It's probably like the Nun. Uh, everyone happening saw or... Get Out once, and no, we'll ever watch it again because yeah. everything's completely disposable now. Yeah. Except for Get Out, it's actually a pretty good movie. Nothing against the movie Get Out, but I feel like that's how everyone treats film now. Yes, yeah. watch it one, one and time done. and then never think about it again. Which is probably how you should look at the nun. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's <laughs> definitely films that are completely disposable. There's a lot of films that I'll never watch again, even films that I like. I don't uh, watch twice. Justice but... League, Batman vs Superman. <laughs> 
I'm gonna Man of Steel. I'm gonna throw DCU under the bus. Suicide Squad. I plan to never you watch that. Goddamn it Marvel show, <laughs> Marvel fanboy. I'm sorry. Like if they were good, I would have no problem with it. I'm uh, neither DC or Marvel fanboy. I think uh, Marvel at least tries, but most of their movies I don't want to watch. Uh, DC is just pretty bad. Everyone can agree on that. Sorry, Batman's cool, but uh, those movies suck. Remember when he's like. Do you bleed? <laughs> That's pretty cool in the trailer. <laughs> but it should have never actually been in the movie. No, like, um, if Batman vs. Superman was just, like, the second trailer before they revealed... Remember the last trailer showed that Doomsday was going to be in it? Mm-hmm. But the trailer before that, if that was all it ever was, like, man, give it an award. It's just too bloated. We talked about this before. I mean, did we talk about it on the pod? I don't oh, want to repeat so. ourselves, but... like, you, Batman vs. Superman... Batman, Superman, Lex Luthor, if you want to throw another Batman villain in there somehow, okay, but like Doomsday was stupid. You should not mm. do the death of Superman in a Batman vs. Superman story. It was too fucking bloated. And Wonder Woman was the best piece of that movie, but it, she shouldn't have been in it. No. And then they use it as a jumping off point for the Justice League, so Superman's not going to be in most of your Justice League movie. Yeah. I don't know. If you really want to start... Uh, the DC universe. You either have to do what Marvel did and do a couple individual movies first, or you know what? Say fuck it and start with a fucking Justice League movie, and everybody's already a superhero. Yeah, I mean they tried to do it the Marvel way first. That's why they're like dripping out. No, they didn't try to do it the Marvel way. Don't you remember when they released Green Lantern? That wasn't a part of a plan. They were just throwing shit at the wall. Oh, I mean that's that's all. I mean that's a huge. That's really the problem. Like, is like they don't need to make as much money as Marvel as quick as possible. That's really what it. It's just a. And then, yeah. to be fair, Marvel and Disney are after the cash, too. That's the whole reason they're making these movies, but they, they're at least fucking putting trying. the effort in. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah, I, am, I would never say anything negative about Marvel's effort. I just don't necessarily think that their efforts are worthwhile all the time. Hey, James Gunn's going to do Suicide Squad, too. I saw that. Well, he's writing it for sure. He may direct. I hope he directs. I hope uh, he doesn't, and he just starts making his own original like horror movies and weird movies again. Yeah. Well, they, he was supposed to do something else for Sony that he, that was going to be announced at Comic Con, right? And they never announced it. I don't know. I hope it was like, all right, special guest appearance by James Gunn, and he's got his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going to do for Sony. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that <laughs> Slither the other, uh, Oh yeah I was gonna tell everybody If you've watched Night of the Creeps Do you feel a favor And watch Slither uh, As yeah, well Cause they're Pretty similar movies I would say Slither honest. Was kind of intention Quasi It's definitely sequel. An homage to Night of the Creeps And Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm-hmm. and, But specifically Night of the Creeps Like the monsters in Slither are these little doo doo guys. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it even comes with face. It's it's straight up out of the creeps part yeah. two. It's just uh, really well made, really funny. You got Elizabeth Banks. You there's got a, <laughs> weird, when I watched it recently. Nathan Fillion. There's a line in it that I thought was a little bit interesting, based on like the bad tweets, James Gunn's bad tweets, copyright TM Disney, James Gunn's bad tweets. Um, <clears throat> remember after Grant Grant gets stabbed by the alien and he's the monster mm-hmm. and like um Elizabeth Banks character feels bad so she like seduces him they have a little romantic moment and he's crying mm-hmm. <clears throat> when she talks to her co-worker the next day in the teacher's lounge she's like it was amazing he's finding new parts of my body it was like like he was never- a little boy <laughs> and it was like oh James Gunn new dog <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like the mayor in that movie. You goddamn <laughs> cocksucker intestinal <laughs> slime disease. You hand you some deer feces. You take a bite of your sandwich. And you got, and you got you Lyme got, disease. You got your Lyme disease. Goddamn skeeters in here. Packs <laughs> <laughs> a box. It's a country. Where do you think Chinese people come from? Um. Oh, and there's she's uh, there's also part where Cynthia is like, man, won't these creeps take no for an answer? Oh, which is like super self aware for this 1986 movie, I think. I mean, they actually uh, they've referenced creeps a couple times in the movie. Mm. Um, this is the like the most in your face uh, line, I think. But there's like two or three times where they they say creeps, and I'm always like hee hee on the inside. I made notes mm. each time, but I didn't say anything during the podcast. What if you could remake this movie now and turn it into? Like a uh, very effective satire. I don't know. I mean, the one thing about this movie is the pacing. Like, this movies are not paced like this anymore. Oh, no. Not at all. Like, this movie... I love the pacing of this movie. It's, like, one of the things I actually really, really like about Night of the Creeps. Um, <clears throat> it's just how slow it is. And, like, yeah, shit relaxed. really does not happen until the third act. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about the similar thing with Paternal Living Dead, but this is even uh, slower than that. It's uh, the 70s and 80s pace, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just, it is a really comfortable pace for a movie. Um, and like I said last week, you, you're you not super invested in the characters because they're relatively shallow. Yeah, but they're kind of flat. You um, understand who the characters are for as minuscule as their characterization is. And that way, when the action or crisis takes place at the end, you're actually like, oh, okay, well, I'll, let's see what happens to this character. Or maybe they'll have an ironic death, which is what most horror movies are about. Um, I mean, Night Richard Ling Dead did a better job character building mm-hmm. in just like in the way they shot the characters, blocked the characters, even like subtle little dialogue things. They are way better, at, clearly uh, way better at writing characters than Night of the Creeps. But mm-hmm. just to go back to the pace, like there's some parts where like you start to get the uh, the climax or the the rising action, anticipation starts to build, and then it abruptly goes back down. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. Stuff you don't see no more. You don't see it too much no so, more. So, if you make remake Night of the Creeps, I, I don't need the question. You can certainly do it however you want. The question is whether or not it's going to be successful, right? Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, you just release it at the end of September, beginning of October. Uh, promote it like any other horror movie. And it'll get like crazy word of mouth because the critics will like it because of the subversive nature of it. And then so the average movie going public will be like, well, it's around Halloween time keep hearing about it on the news or on Facebook or blah 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 and then they go see it and they walk out of it and they go that was fucking dumb <laughs> but I still got their money <laughs> which is like anytime you walk out of like like uh sorry for bothering you I, when I was walking out of the theater I like I like fucked off work for the first two hours you know just came in <laughs> late so I go to the movies and watch it it was just me and like a few other people in the theater at like I don't know, two in the afternoon. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and as I was walking out, this dude and his girlfriend was like, that was fucking dumb. I just like that's, <laughs> you get that reaction coming out of a lot of movies now. <laughs> you like, <laughs> I don't know, stupid. sorry for bothering you. That's one of those movies I don't, after I'm done watching, I don't think I'd be like, oh. One, I don't know that I would think one way or the other. Like, that's fucking dumb, or that's fucking brilliant, or you know. Oh yeah, no, I, I want to like digest it, but nah, that kind of thought is fucking dumb. It's not Friday, Friday, you know, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Yeah, nah, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> fucking dumb. Yeah, like the other day I watched Hell House LC Two, The Abaddon Hotel Part Two, 
found footage bullshit. And I, as soon as I was done watching that one, I was like, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to think about that one at all. As I, as I was watching it, I was like, this is fucking dumb. I mean, I kind of felt that way when I was watching Death, uh, Death Wish 2. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, yeah. it's fucking dumb. Like, Cobra was dumb, but at the same time, at least these things are entertaining. Death Wish 2 was like, this is dumb and boring. Damn slog. Um, oh, I guess we should finish Night of Creeps. Yeah. So they, you know, they flamethrower all the brains in the building. Cameron gets blowed up, which is how well, he's playing Diane. Yeah, that's what I mean. he still gets to blow himself up. Yeah, so <laughs> no problem. And then thrill yeah. me, detective. <clears throat> oh, and then uh, Cynthia gets real horny from all the murdering, killing they did, and just needs to make out with Chris right there. <laughs> and I. Got, the legitimate reason for that is because it's a movie and it's like the whole movie they've been getting together so we need a little payoff of the kiss but to me it's just like man they just totally melted like a bunch of people they know yeah it's probably really terrifying yeah because some of her reactions were reasonably genuine right like her being freaked out not being able to talk after Brad gets melted and just generally being scared Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense but then at the end like oh shit I really need to stick my tongue down this guy's throat yeah now it's time to kiss after we killed all those people but I I, I loved it that was my favorite part of the movie <laughs> I was like alright Cynthia is a real ride or die bitch <laughs> that's real shit like you know, just murder some people let's fucking do it and then we get the director's cut like I said extra three minutes of footage Cameron stumbles out of the burning wreckage very burnt up himself he lights a cigarette takes a drag falls down slugs fall off his head and then they enter into the cemetery for Night of the Creeps 2 which was never made <laughs> poop uh, their butthole aliens are back too they're searching for the creeps oh yeah the uh, blue cheeks I can't remember I can't I can't remember if the aliens are there they're not spreading the creeps right they were attacked by the creeps too isn't that the whole plot I, I they, it seemed like they were a weapon of some kind that the blue cheek aliens had and one of the booty cheek aliens was trying to steal it. Yeah. And the other guys were like, knock it off. And they accidentally dropped him. Yeah. I know there's someone that's like, I think deciphered the subtitles for the booty cheek aliens, but I never oh. looked into it. Mm-hmm. I just figured it was like a aliens predator type scenario where the predators like breed the aliens so they can hunt them and stuff. Like these guys breed the sluggy guys to take over planets and spread the knowledge of the one true god. Poop. King Poop. Booty Cheek. <laughs> King Booty Cheek. He's only got one booty cheek. Oh, is there such a thing? <laughs> oh, yes. It's King Booty Cheek. Alright, one true lord with one booty cheek. Yes, yeah, so that was Night of the Creeps. Uh, what do you think of it? It's definitely um one of my favorite like 80s horror movies. Yeah, I know, no. I really like Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Oh. It's, uh, not, um, it's, I mean, like, the wardrobe and stuff is dated, but otherwise it's like... I mean, it's watch okay. movie. Movies, Fuck it. Fucking Fuck. all. Fuck it. Yeah, it's that's Night of the Creeps. is a pretty good movie. Uh, next, we're going to do Robocop, right? I know. It's, this has to be the most popular movie that we've watched so far, uh, right? Yeah. I haven't looked uh, at it budget-wise or gross-wise, but... Oh, no, this is going to be, like, blockbuster Yeah, this is this is... This is the realness right now. This is like if we were going to watch Terminator, but we're not. We're going to watch Robocop. I just really like Robocop because it's ultra-violent, and it's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, this is the 80s. <laughs> I can't the major studio made this movie, thanks to the 80s. So everyone watched Robocop. Um, I'm guessing Robocop is probably one of those movies that has like three different versions of it. Like the director's cut, ultimate director's cut. It's 
probably try to watch the actual cut because I think that's what I'm watching. It's uh, free on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, weird. All right. Well, everyone watch it on Amazon Prime. I think it's free on Amazon Actually, Prime. don't um, sign up for Prime because Amazon's evil corporation. Jeff Bezos sucks. Uh, but I will continue to use it. Because <laughs> I don't pay for it. Um, we're at uh, adventureproductions.com. That's probably the easiest way to find us. There's like Twitch or Twitter links or Instagram links there too. That's some shit. We're going to start selling uh, ad space to you directly, the viewer, some sort of like shout out like they did in Days of Yore on the radio. But, you know, you can find details about oh, like Casey Kasem. Like Casey. Doing the top. Wow, man. Can't do Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. I think I used to be able to do Yeah, it is Shaggy. And Sideswipe from Transformers. Oh, yeah. No, Cliff Jumper. He's Cliff Jumper. Man, I almost ruined that. That really would have yeah, just burned the podcast to the ground yeah, after that. You would have heard a lot about that on Twitter from the Generation 1 Transformers fan. I'm sure there's still plenty of those. Yeah, there, there's got to be, right? Because people are excited about that damn Bumblebee movie. Yeah, I'm excited because Soundwave is in it. It looks like Soundwave. Yeah, but it but seems like, like it's I only going to be for five seconds. Yeah, all that footage in the trailer is probably all the amount of time that's actually on Cybertron. Um... Yeah, but anyways, if you're interested in potentially buying a shout-out, you can find it on McVentureProductions.com. That's M-C-V-E-N-T-U-R-E Productions.com. I'm going to start doing this in like a 1950s announcer's voice. I feel weird. Hey, ladies. Hey, gents and fellas. You can see us at McVentureProductions.com. That's M-C-VentureProductions.com.